here we are once again. Here's Adam. Hello. I'm Steve. And this is the I Am The Night podcast, episode 7. And um, I have to say that this has arguably been my favourite episode yet. I really enjoyed that. It's called POV. Um, written by Mitch Bryan, Sean Catherine Derrick and Karen Bright and directed by the man who's rapidly becoming my favourite Batman the Animated Series director, Kevin Altieri. Um, Adam, POV, Points of View. Good title, right? Very good title. Very clear title that matches up with what the episode was. I described this series from right at the beginning as deeply ambitious and this is arguably the most ambitious episode yet. I don't think I'd have expected anything quite like this from an animated series and it's very unique to say the least we could talk about it more in depth but like I don't think I was expecting an episode quite like this from something this early in the season. What did you take about it? Well it's gone right back to that whole noir feel from On Leather Wings and what astounded me was the ambition of the direction and the animation. This is hand-drawn, something that is almost extinct. Uh, hand-drawn animation now has gone the way of the dodo. And after seeing episodes like this, I, 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 I'm really sad about that. Because what they've achieved with this episode in terms of lighting, mood, movement, uh, the facial tics of the characters... I'm actually blown away. I mean, I remember always liking this episode, but again, with the benefit of hindsight, words you've used hmm. over the last six, seven weeks, like operatic and words like ambitious, I can't, I'm still wrapping my head around some of the visuals of, of this story. I'm astounded. I can agree completely, especially in this episode. We get the utter destruction of that warehouse. We get the dockside view of that grand ship and it slowly going down and tearing apart the rest of the harbour. It's very ambitious to be able to put those kinds of huge set pieces onto animated TV and not something they do in quite as homegrown and sincere version as opposed to like the overly grandiose things that we get might get of 2D animation today or 3D animation on younger audience TVs these days it's very unique and I love it truly I think the word of the day for this episode is cinematic yes I would agree completely it feels like a big 40s crime drama I can almost feel James Cagney and Humphrey Bogart in this episode and again the casting and the character moments this is where I fell in love with the character of Renee Montoya. She yes. is, from this episode onwards, fantastic. You can see why she's the fastest rookie ever to make detective in Gotham City. You can see why she's a complete badass. She's the one who works out the clues. And in a way, I know he doesn't really need rescuing, does he? But she goes to Batman's defence and they're an all-new dynamic duo in this episode. After her brief run-in in episode 5 in Pretty Poison, she's come along in leaps and bounds and she gets a very key focus point in this episode and it's really nice to see. We get her taking her work trouble on the chin and being able to 
come forth because sure maybe Bama doesn't need the rescuing but she catches the criminal at the end yeah. she catches the leader of this drug operation she was able to figure out how to hotwire that crane and um, saves the department and for that she's duly rewarded we see a big start to a very important character in this episode and it's a very nice thing to see really good because <laughs> you get Harvey being Harvey and I was looking at Harvey Bullock in, in this episode just being I said it before uh, and uh, a, a lot of listeners have, have really liked um, this turn of phrase the Bullock in the China shop and the way he's still trying to blame Batman for his woes that he followed Batman in he rescued Batman's butt when seeing it from his point of view while he's telling that story we see the truth Batman saved him he went in to collar the villains for himself and get all the credit but another wonderful Montoya moment where she realises that it's the clues that the three of them got that led her to that dock led her to Batman led her to the crooks and she shared the collar she shared the credit and it's another fantastic character moment for her I think that just shows her to be the honourable, forthright and righteous police officer that the city sorely needs. Because there was a combination of all three of them making that information together. And it's someone like myself, a student of literature, the whole idea of the unreliable narrator yes. is really shown here. We get that, sure, we hear one side of the story, but we, the viewer, see the actual true yes. events, which is not something you can very easily do in other stories where the unreliable narrator is clearly shown. We get, certainly in written literature, we get everything that the first-person narrator is telling us back. We don't see the true side of events. So it's really nice to hear what that what Bullock wants to tell us, but seeing the actual true events that uh, Montoya eventually corroborates later. Oh, maybe Batman was feeling better, and then was able to like come out and save my butt. <laughs> Basically saying, "Yeah, Harvey, don't believe a word you said." Especially well, <laughs> what she's saying without saying so many words. It's either the combination of that, or maybe she does believe, and she, that just sort of adds to the air of mysticism of Batman, especially with considering the younger police officer saying, "Oh, he shot out." Oh, the lightning. Oh, Spock <laughs> out of his hand. Oh, he flew to go catch the guy. He's Batman's some sort of mythical figure. Uh, that's a wonderful thing, because I'm glad you brought that up, because I was thinking that, as, and when you mentioned the unreliable narrator and us actually seeing what happened, and it's so cute that this rookie cop who's heard about Batman, but never actually seen him before, and all of a sudden the throwing stars are sparks from his fingers which is another line straight out of Batman Year One so again the writers and directors drawing heavily on on the source material and Batman's image and then he, he shoots his uh, grapple gun and fires electricity down it and he, he shot lightning from his fingers it's, it's just wonderful and how each of the three of them sees Batman differently Harvey still sees him as a threat and as a menace Montoya just looks at him as an equal, I think. And the rookie cop sees him as this godlike, superheroic figure from Mount Olympus. I, I would say that Rene sees Batman as an equal by the end of the episode. Because you remember mm. right at the beginning when they met in the burning warehouse, yeah. she was very quick to start to try to put cuffs on him because he's still seen as a... I thought she was trying to cuff the baddies. Oh. 
I'm pretty sure she was trying to cuff Batman because mm. I think there's still a gag order and still because this is early enough in Batman's career he's still seen as the vigilante the, the he's outnumbered he's outgunned but they're in trouble that sort of deal from Batman yes. on. I still think that's sort of a dynamic that's in, inherent in Gotham yeah. and only really Jim trusting it because think about it we're seven episodes in have we seen the bat signal nope exactly I don't think Batman's above board and trusted yet. Only by Jim for some reason, which may or may not become clear, but fans of the comics will know it's due to working in the background with each other. But um, so many great character moments from every single person. Jim defending his cops, even though he knows that Harvey's probably um, full of dung. Uh, but he still defends his team and, and the, the lieutenant trying to throw his weight around and suspending the three of them. And then, of course, Batman himself is your boss going to keep me hanging around while he's tied from his wrists? And then, no, your boss is right here. That's all I wanted to hear. That's just Batman still maintaining control in that situation because he was there apparently under duress, but I just wanted to get as much information as he possibly can. He could get out of that whenever he wanted. It's, and he proved it. Yeah, it's not a big deal to him. He just wanted to get as much information as he possibly can. Coming back to the ambition of the episode, do you think it's kind of strong that, A, in Batman the Animated Series, we didn't really get true Batman until maybe half, two-thirds yeah. into the episode? Yeah, that's in my notes. But not even that. Isn't it also quite strong that... Right in the beginning of this episode, we hear talk of a drug lord being trying to be taken down and some cops on the take from what we would assume would be kids' media. Isn't that kind of something you wouldn't expect for this kind of animated piece? But instead we get that so that it feels like the heavy, noir, crime gangland thing that is the real Gotham that true fans would know. Uh, totally. Um, this episode has got different levels of storytelling for different audiences. I do think that the younger audience will just see a, a cracking action story. There's still lots of gunfire, and the scenes where the blaze catches light, and the 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 sirens, and the cops, and the helicopters, and the police cars. It's beautiful. It's so well put together but the story beats you're absolutely spot on that's grown up stuff and that's stuff that came out much more in the late 80s early 90s with the introduction of, of Batman as a figure of the night and not being a well known hero worldwide being almost an urban myth and the way they've tied that in with the animated series it's very risky stuff Risky, but I think it's a gamble that paid off. I think it's also just a testament to the varied history of Batman. We can see so many different versions of this character. We see the light-hearted, are we going to keep me hanging around, to, yeah. oh, I'm throwing sparks from my hands, to, oh, I will be the one to save the useless cop, but also the one who can bring down this criminal enterprise. We never get Batman as just a clear thing he is exactly what Gotham needs him to be and exactly what different versions of storytelling need him to be yeah and we, we've seen it over the last seven episodes where we're seeing every side of the character 
Um, now we're seeing him as gangbusters Batman, the, the, the figure of the night who takes down organised street crime. And again, it's a lovely touch. It's not just the caped crusader from one point of view, which is apt considering the, the, the title of the episode. And do you think that it's too risky, too much of a gamble this show? It's, it's trying to be too clever or do you th- actually think it's, it's succeeding in its in its attempt to, 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 to do that? I think it's succeeding as of when we have it right now, us watching it back 20 plus years later. Back then, it is very brave for them to be making these yeah. kinds of leaps in episode 7 of season 1. This is a kind of play with the form that you'd get when they're a bit more established and not something like high budget primetime television could do reasonably I think this is something that you would wait until the middling seasons of uh, primetime television to do the fact that they're doing this for animated children's children's intended not children's made for children's intended TV you have a lot of bravery to be able to make this kind of story and it's apparently worked very well because of the quality of the supporting characters agreed yes it's Batman the animated series but it would be a lot harder to map onto with except for maybe one other Batman animated TV show I don't think has had as much success because of the quality of the supporting characters Mm. because Jim is so clearly here to defend his cops because he's because we the fans know that Jim yeah. side officer beat cops just like them mm-hmm. with nothing. If we didn't get the unreliable yet still well-meaning Harvey Bullock, mm-hmm. if we didn't like very clearly map this uh, lieutenant from Internal Affairs just gunning yeah. for someone, if we didn't get those clear characters straight away, there wouldn't be a show around Batman for us to love. Absolutely, it would just be the Batman show. And it'd be great, but it would run out and get sort of stale and repetitive. But that never happened here, and they know that, which was why they were able to make this kind of leap. They know how strong their supporting characters are, so they could make stories about them with Batman. And this is why this sees this series ran so long. This is like something that's been unmatched by any other Batman animated series since. I think, like you said, because of the strength of not just Batman and the voice actors playing him, Alfred and, and Robin, who we've only seen in one episode thus far, but because of the strength of Jim Gordon and Renee Montoya, Harvey Bullock. And I have to give credit here to uh, Robert Costanza uh, as Harvey. He's just brilliant. That whole Brooklyn accent, the the way he's such a stubborn old so-and-so, but... Like you said, deep down, well-meaning, he's a cop trying to do a job, and he's not on the take. He's not a dirty cop, and far from it. And I actually found as much offence by the lieutenant's accusations as, as Jim did with that. And the way he's already starting, this is the first step of him softening, both towards Batman, because he knows that Batman did save his tush, and towards Montoya, and we all know that that partnership, especially in the comics afterwards, of Bullock and Montoya is legendary. They're like the ultimate partners on the GCPD. It's lovely to see. The progression you would get 
from again a much longer developed piece of TV we're starting to see here in episode seven, which is very brave, but they also know that they have the strength of the characters, the sporty characters, to be able to make that kind of growth. So they're allowed to do that and more power to them. It turned out perfectly for them, I would say. Yeah. You might actually get that you're absolutely right, after twenty thirty episodes of a one hour live action show, not after seven episodes of a twenty minute Saturday morning cartoon. And that's again what's really I remember this show being fantastic. But seeing it again as a grown man with a grown man next to me not watching it with you as a kid when you're enjoying it for the action it's a revelation it's really really impressive very impressive you can't really fault it it's just the quality of the animation and the quality of the storytelling week after week has been so consistently strong yeah I don't think that ever really changes across the whole run of it which I'm very excited to see. And so many different variations of tone as well. I mean, like we said, this one's gone right back to the noir. And it's gorgeous. It's absolutely first-rate, grade-A storytelling. Every episode's been at least a 7 or 8 out of 10, uh, with a couple of strong 9s and even a 10, I think, with, with the first episode. But this is a solid 10 in my book. This is a fantastic episode. It's brave enough to be able to play with how to tell a story, yet still very true to it itself, yeah. which is so difficult. And we get that because the episode still circles back to Batman, the one character that's bringing them all together. We could see an event much like this play out in a 40s detective show, yeah. but we get it with the high, swi- high flying swashbuckling of Batman, but in the gritty Gotham underbelly. It's done a lot of things in just enough of a way for it to still be very strong, which is wonderful. Absolutely. So, as always, favourite moments, uh, things that stuck in your head about the episode, or anything that you weren't quite happy with? I'm not sure if there was anything I wasn't quite happy with, to be perfectly honest. I'd say I really liked that it was able to play with the differences of the tone so well yeah. because with the story of the of the struggle with the police officers we were still able to get the fact that we were, we knew there was still some bad guys to be fought and so a day to be saved so that the cops could redeem themselves but we were able to still get the lovely little gags of that one crook who got knocked in the river, came back out again, knocked in the river, (laughs) comes back out again, the crane dropping through the port, and that one crook just holding on to the plank, and then sinking. (laughs) We're we're allowed to laugh with the action. We're allowed to see the lighter side of this, even though we can unwrap the depth of how deep the corruption and seediness of the Gotham Police Force goes. We're allowed to see just how badly the situation can be if the cops ever redeem themselves and get back their titles. And we one and we get to wonder, well, they they caught Batman. These low level crows with no superpowers caught Batman. Oh, he yeah. let them. <laughs> and I, I, I'm saying the humour, um, but it's rare. And and these days it's actually quite annoying where 
they throw humour in at dark moments and it just doesn't work but here the humour serves the story it helps tell the story and that's a tough trick to pull with something as dark and atmospheric as this show so I really appreciate it and I'm glad you mentioned the hoodlum with a drill because I knew I was saying, I said, I know this voice. But it's only when we were seeing the end titles and we realised that's the legendary Ron Perlman as the, the, the villain with the drill. Before Blade 2, before Hellboy, here he was. Yeah, um, and perfect. And it's it's kind of funny, but that character's face was also really just like well delineated and defined. It was almost like a... Brian Bolland, 2080 mutant of a of a hoodlum, and um, I think that's a tribute to to the mighty Ron Perlman as well. And that was such a nice thing to see. It's a common thing for a lot of animators for whenever they get a character to do a bit part to try and mirror their face yeah. in it, and that's something they've actually put back into video games recently. Like for vo- for main characters in video games, if they've got a big name voice actor, they're gonna start doing that the dude the dude that plays Daryl's like yeah Norman Reedus Norman Reedus in the new Call of Duty um the Aaron Paul who played Jesse Thinkman is one of the main characters in one of the Final Fantasy animations and Jeffrey Dean Morgan as well yeah they've made a real effort to try and bring that side of animation back so I think that's where this came from they wanted to get a distinctive face not a face that may have been known here in the early early 90s but a face that people would know in as this hoodlum and inspired casting and speaking of inspired casting again she only had a couple of nines in her first appearance but Ingrid Oliu's Rene Montoya a character I've loved from day one and this is her time in the sun this is her moment to shine and this is where she takes her first steps to becoming the character that we know and love today because like Harley Quinn she started out in this show. She didn't start out in the comics. And more power to her. I think that just shows the strength of this show. Yeah. Where even, even though yeah. it's side media, the fact that such strong characters like Harley Quinn, Renee Montoya, Clock King have invaded mm. the mainstream media, the main comic books. Yeah. Successfully and more power to them. Brilliant. Um, cracking episode. I loved it. I think you enjoyed that one too. I very much so did. I don't have a bad word to say about that one. I'm, I'm totally, totally flabbergasted. Loved it. So, all that's left for us to say is um, we're back for episode 7. We'll be back for episode 8 very shortly. Sorry about the slight lateness of this episode, but life does happen. Just ask Batman. But Adam, where can our listeners and readers of DC Comics News and Dark Knight News find you out there crime fighting onto Interweb? I fight crime on the front lines here on Dark Knight News and DC Comics News. I review many titles of uh, the weekly and monthly issues. I also review uh, Dark Knight News' feed for the Titans TV series, another excellent bit of Batman yes, adjacent media. Indeed. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at is it Tinkerer I Z Z or Z Z E T Tinkerer, and you can find me on Twitch at no ordinary uh, Twitch TV forward slash no ordinary heroes playing Dungeons and Dragons most Tuesdays. My true love, other than crime fighting in the streets of Gotham. Yourself, sir. Where can they find you? Just Google Steve J Ray for links to my reviews, interviews on DC Comics News and Dark Knight News. Had a very successful. MCM 
Comic-Con a couple of weekends back, so fans of Batman and DC Comics can read interviews with uh, artists Gary Frank and Mark Buckingham, and stars and showrunner of Pennyworth, another side media starring Alfred himself and highly recommended TV. That was a show I did not know I wanted until I saw it. It is great, and you can read interviews with showrunner Bruno Heller, actors Jack Bannon, who's Alfred himself, Ben Aldridge, who plays Thomas Wayne, and the revelation of the series, the incredibly quirky, hilarious, and totally lovely Paloma Faith as Bet Sykes, but don't call her a villain. She doesn't like it when you call her a villain. As for our own joint ventures, you might be able to find my takes on Tara Strong's voice acting process on our site where we began, fantasticuniverses.com. The legendary Tara Strong. The force is strong in Tara. Yes, indeed. So, you can catch the DC Comics News Podcast, our sister shows, The Spinner Rack, and the DC Comics News Podcast across Apple Podcasts, Stitch, Spotify, and, of course, any other social media platform like Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and the Tube of You. All that's left for me to say is I hope you've enjoyed the show. Again, please comment, let us know what you're enjoying, what you're not liking, and be sure to go to your local stores and read more comics. They're so good for you. Thank you for listening, everyone. We are the Knights.